Do you feel beautiful? Do you look beautiful? Does one really affect the other? Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out with host Bonnie Bonadeo. In our show, we'll help you uncover your true self and unleash beauty that you never knew existed in order to be at your best, both inside and out. Now, here is your host, Bonnie Bonadeo. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out. We are progressing rapidly through the summer months and heading into fall before we know it. Um, But first, you know, there's always that opportunity that we want to be able to finish the year out looking our best or going into the next year looking our best. And I know as a consumer to beauty products myself, I'm challenged by what I can do to keep a very youthful look, what I can do, what I can afford, who can I trust, who do I need to talk to. I'm your resource to be able to bring some of the most talented and technically savvy people to this show so that these will be the questions that we can ask and we'll also get the answers from our guests today. So let me introduce my guests because I've got three fabulous people here with me today. We have uh, Dr. Jason Emmer, and he's a board-certified dermatologist, and he specializes in laser and procedural dermatology. Um, and we'll get a little bit more into uh, in-depth to each of you guys as we kind of progress through the show a little bit, okay? And then please, I'd like you to meet Kimberly Clark, or Kim Clark as she goes by. She's an accomplished and recognized advanced uh, esthetician. And she also has not only been doing this for over 20 years, but she also has a clinic uh, where she teaches some of the services that she does as well as provides some of the services. And you're up in the Pacific Northwest from what I understand, right, Kim? Yes. <laughs> All right. And then finally, we have Dr. Uh, Robert Cohen, and he uh, is in from Scottsdale, Arizona. Woohoo, that's my hometown. And practiced plastic surgeon in that particular area, but then uh, it, not only in his advanced training, but he went to prestigious institutes. And it looks like after you graduated um, from Phoenix Country Day School, you attended Emory University in Atlanta. Woohoo, that's where I'm at now. And got a double major in biology and uh, philosophy and graduated, of course, top 12% in your class. So we have lots of wealth, lots of knowledge, and lots of beauty experts here. Just to add in, I'm, I'm also practicing right now, mostly in Los Angeles with Dr. Emmer. So. Yeah, so you've got not only in Scottsdale, but you're also doing some work in Los Angeles as well. And that's and Dr. Emmer, that's where you're located is in Los Angeles, correct? Yeah, we're in Los Angeles, but now we're also going to New York and Miami, and I'm trying to get Dr. Cohen there too, so that he's all over the country. Perfect. And, and Dr. Better. Cohen, just real quick, what's your main specialty that you do? So I'm, I'm an aesthetic, I do aesthetic plastic surgery, focusing on the breast and body, but what I'm particularly known for is breast, breast surgery of all kinds, whether it's uh, revisions or um, complicated surgeries, augmentations, all that kind of stuff. Perfect, good. I, I, I definitely am excited to dive into that because there's um, a lot of questions around that for uh, women today, right? All right, but first, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to start with uh, Dr. Emmer here. So as a board-certified dermatologist and what you're specializing in, I'm most curious about what sets you apart because it seems like this is a very growing category uh, for doctors um, to specialize in kind of this cosmetic surgery and beauty treatments. Yeah, I mean, you know, the um, the industry right now is changing a lot because people are wanting a lot of quick fixes with minimal downtime. So there's all these devices that are coming out and injectables that are really quick and easy. And unfortunately, people who are inexperienced or don't who don't have a lot of knowledge are kind of doing these procedures 
Um, so they're more readily available to everybody. Uh, when I did my training, I did a very intense certification for dermatology. It was a complete residency. And then two different fellowships, which did skin cancer surgery, laser surgery, liposuction, and basically cosmetic facial surgery. We used to do uh, facelifts, eyelid surgeries, grafting. So there's a lot of knowledge there when it comes to knowing devices, understanding surgery. My practice now has, is, has evolved from doing any medical dermatology to doing all cosmetics. We actually do all the research for all the laser companies and developing mm -hmm. new lasers, uh, whether it's anti-aging, skin cancer, scarring. Um, even Dr. Cohen and I, we go back and forth all the time about treating scars um, because I did a lot of research at the beginning and using lasers to treat scars after surgery. The thing I'm really well known for is combination therapies. Before people started doing all these uh, mixtures of things to get improvement, I was literally booed off the stage at the American Academy of Dermatology when I talked about combining a laser with a microneedle at the same time. And that was five years ago. Fast forward to actually my anniversary, which was two days ago, five years in Los Angeles, we now are doing five, six treatments at once to get an amazing outcome. And I'm really known for that type of treatment. Now, when it comes to the face, it's lasers, it's fillers, it's peels, it's skincare, it's skin tightening, all combined to get a lot of good improvement. When it comes to the body, it's liposuction combined with fat grafting or sculpting. And then what? Then this is where Dr. Cohen comes in and our, our plastic surgery team, but obviously is the best, is skin removal, breast reconstruction, and implants, giving people complete transformations. Because if you look at previous years, you can get an improvement, but it wasn't like a dramatic sculpting and defining. Now, Dr. Cohen and I have been refining what people have done kind of outside the United States for many years and combining plastic surgery and then the liposuction body contouring together to get like transformations you've never seen before. I mean, even on my Instagram, just now I did a lymphatic massage. Uh, we showed a lymphatic massage of a patient of ours a couple days ago who literally went from being large problem areas and sagging skin to having what looks like he worked out for five years. And you never saw that in the past. So we're known in Los Angeles, at least now and now throughout the United States, I think, as being innovative and progressive when it comes to combination therapies um, being very meticulous and you can't replace that by going to a weekend course and you can't replace that even going through a full residency. You have to do other trainings and beyond, which is what is going to set people apart. And I think that we'll talk about that in the growing trends, but as people do, as more and more devices come out and people want quick fixes, there's going to be more revision procedures that need to be done by the people like us who are very experienced because we're, we know what's truly needed and people sometimes will be finding out too late. Yeah, I get that. And I like the fact that you do the combination therapies and they seem like they're all somewhat of a non-invasive approach, which I know, you know, as a consumer, these are the things that we're demanding. These are the things that we want. I don't, I can't even imagine trying to take time off for an actual like surgery, surgery. <laughs> Well, you know, 50% of what I do is all the non-invasives. I study all the skin tightening treatments before they come out, the lasers, the injectables. The other 50% is the stuff that you do need to take a little bit of downtime for, whether it's body surgery, the tummy tucks and the implants and facelifts and stuff, but people are ready for those when they prepare for them. Yes. The other ones are the people that just want to stay refreshed. They want to, you know, I always tell people you're either going to do a clock stopper which is something that sh slows it down, or you're going to try and reverse. 
If we're doing clock stoppers, it's more frequent treatments. Mm -hmm. It's more non-invasive, minimal downtime. If we're trying to reverse, it's going to be a little bit more and you got to be ready to do that, you know? Yes. And, but there's, there's a there's a desire, I think, for all of those. You'd be surprised. People will come in and say on their, on their intake, no downtime, minimal, and I get them to do a facelift because they need it. It's, oh, it, I, well, I think once they talk to you and they start to feel more comfortable and they feel like, first of all, if they're, if they're at that point, they're ready to take on something and they probably don't know exactly what's going to be the best option for them anyway. And that's the thing is that the trust factor and the compassion factor with the doctor, I sometimes have to kick Dr. Cohen. I knock on his door because he spends, he'll spend an hour or two with the patient, which I love because people want to connect with him. Mm -hmm. And when people do that, they trust you with anything that you say. So I, even the other day, I had a patient with very severe acne scars, but she's a little bit older and has looseness. And if you actually lifted her skin, 50% of the acne scars are almost gone. Mm, and that was all from the sagging and the laxity and the lost volume. So if she actually did a facelift, she would get more than lasers, more than fillers if she actually did a facelift for the scars. She didn't even know that that was a possibility. Yeah. So sometimes when people come in, it's just honesty and being compassionate and being really upfront. And when you do that, they're willing to kind of go through the treatment plan and make a decision. Some patients will, you know, say, look, I'm never going to have surgery. And they just look great for their age. And we slow it down. And we'll use new devices that will give them a glow and help their pores and, you know, finesse some of the fine lines and tighten the skin a little bit. But some of them want these big transformations that Dr. Cohen and I are doing. I mean, he'll tell you how many revision cases he's doing of breasts where these people have said the result was good. And then you see what Dr. Cohen does, and it's like a magician. You know, it's like, um, I didn't even know that the nipples pointing down was bad. You know, and now it's straight ahead and it looks perfect. Like that type of thing. You know, you don't realize it until you actually get into that the in, in face-to-face with an expert that understands the fine-tuning and the subtleness and all the intricate work. When people notice that and they see these types of podcasts and videos and they they learn about those people, they get excited, and they're willing to trust. But that's what people want now. They want this really high-quality work in the age of when things are really quick and easy. And yeah, so, to be, you have, so you have to train them to understand the differences. I even said to my patient today, who Dr. Cohen and I did surgery on a couple of days ago, I said, how, how did you, what, what did you expect as the result? And his answer was, not this. I can't even believe what I got. Because people don't realize the, the amount of the degree of improvement you can actually get when you go to someone who's really well trained and knows what they're doing. So yeah. when you're combining two people's skill sets like ours yeah. to create something that neither of us can do on our own, it's it's the uh, some of the parts are greater than the or the, the whole is greater than some of the parts, I guess you can say in that situation. Yeah, I mean in this case, for example, with the body contouring in males we're seeing a very frequent number of patients coming in having liposuction in the chest and then they get sagging, they get indentations afterwards mm -hmm. because they didn't do the fat grafting that we do to the muscle or give an implant or even lift the chest when some people need it. And um, that is something no one's really ever done before. I'm not trained to do that part portion of the surgery. So as my practice developed and I needed to get better and better at these sculpting procedures, I needed Dr. Cohen. And that's together, and that's the thing. In the age of, like I said, people wanting to be known for this, I want it to be a team approach. People feel more confident when they have a numerous amount of providers for them, looking at them at all angles and giving them a better as a teamwork. 
I think people like that more. So I, I feel very happy when we work together and get these great, amazing results. One year, two, three, two, three years ago, didn't get the same results. Mm-hmm. Now the results have progressed because we've been combining our expertise and skill. Yeah, that's fantastic. And it, it, sound, it sounds like you really do cater to what the patient's needs are, um, which, you know, I think, that's, I think that's a scary part for most people when they set up that initial consultation. They fear being sold something they don't need. They fear not looking like themselves in the end. And so the trust factor is really big with you guys being able to work together and say, you know, here's what it's going to look like. And then, of course, exceed their expectations. Um, yeah, you know, the hard part is I think at the beginning is when someone, some people assessing the amount of honesty, because I'm very blunt and very honest. I had a man come in the other day in his mid-50s and he wanted skin tightening procedures. He needs a facelift. I told him I wouldn't even tell him to do thermodural therapy because it's not going to give him a result. It would only slow it down so he'll see nothing. So if he was able to spend the money to see nothing but be preventative, he could do that. And he appreciated that. But I've had patients write reviews online saying, he told me I needed a facelift when I look great. Well, maybe you do look great. But if you actually needed the facelift for the result you were looking for, I'm just being honest. And about 95% of the people I think are happy because I tell them not to do a laser. I have 80 lasers. I could tell anyone to do any laser. And we could bring in money from that. I don't do it because of that. I do it because I want to see a really good result. And if somebody said, I'm never going to have surgery, then we give them an option. But if a woman comes in and her breasts are down to her waist and she wants to do a lift without doing cutting, it's impossible, you know? Yeah, but that absolutely. Is only so we I, noticed, I noticed, Dr. Emmer, that you are mentioning a lot of men. So it sounds like men are, are getting more... Uh, treatments and more surgeries and are more actively engaged in looking good. Yeah, you'd be, you'd be so surprised. Before, I always thought it was the business professionals and models because those were the people that were more forward-facing. Now, I, I seem to have women will come in with their significant others and they're doing the monthly facials, mm-hmm. they're doing the skin care, they're asking about their pores. I never had guys ask about pores two, three years ago. <laughs> it was like it never occurred. <laughs> Now I have people in their 20s come in and say, should I be doing Brotox preventatively? Should I be getting a strong laser once a year? I mean, they understand that like their teeth or their hair, they have to do it consistently. They looking yeah. young and they're coming in more. Our practice happens to be about 60, well, mine, 65% men. Dr. Cohen's doing a lot more men lately because yeah. we're doing a lot of chest surgery and body surgeries and big transformations. But um, when before, he's probably doing more women's dress. female before, probably. Yeah, yeah I, I see that up. trend happening for sure. Yeah. But I think, you know, and the other thing, too, is baby boomers, are there's more of a divorce rate, too. So people start wanting to, they may be getting back into the dating scene, and they're going on apps. They got to look good in and out of their clothes. Before it was, do surgery to look, just look good in your clothes. And then scars were high, and you'd have to turn off the lights. Now it's... Really, you know, being, being happy taking your clothes off, we did a case a year ago of a woman's revision, tummy tuck, and lipo. I saw her a year later with Dr. Cohen. We did a revision and her liposuction. She was almost 70. And she hadn't dated, and I think, in 15, 20 years of having a divorce or uh, her husband passing away. So she redid her surgery. Within a year, she already had two boyfriends. 
Mm. And the happiest woman I've ever seen. I so, I believe this. There's a there's a lot of dating in you know in yeah. our fifties. It's Lots every age, you know. Yeah. It's every age, and the thing is, is and I think men are starting to recognize it too. That if they go to somebody good, it's um, subtle enhancements. You know, yeah. that it's just a, an improvement in a glow of the way that they, they look, and they just feel more radiant. They feel more presentable. Um, they get nervous at first because they see, they think of the surgeries from the past, like in the 80s, when facelifts were pulled or faces look waxy. Mm-hmm. Now we have subtle fillers that are soft. They're not rubbery. They, they don't, you know, they don't give too much volume. They just give like a, a plumping effect. We have the lasers that just slightly, you know, smoothen things out. And then surgery-wise, I mean, you can hide scars. I mean, you can literally yeah, hide awesome. and then laser the scars. So there's so much you can do. That's awesome. You know, Kim, I want to ask you in regards to this, because I'm not sure that our listeners are really clear based on what Dr. Emmer has been sharing. And then you having an advanced aesthetic background, what are some of the procedures that you can do within your facility that wouldn't have patients necessarily going to a medical or a medispa um, approach? Um, I usually do a lot of microneedling, which that's probably my favorite thing to do. What is it? Um, with, with or without PRP. Okay. Platelet-rich plasma. Mm-hmm. And a lot of um, IPL photofacials for hyperpigmentation. I get so many clients that have sun damage um, from usually caused when they were younger, if they lived, you know, somewhere else. Like coming to Oregon, there's not – a lot of sun here. So um, people that have grown up here usually don't have a lot, but I I see people all the time coming up from California um, and Arizona Mm -hmm. here that I can tell where they're coming from just from looking at their face and seeing that, that damage. So um, I like to alternate back and forth between microneedling and um, IPL photofacials. Will you define microneedling? Because I think that it's one of those names that if you just said it to a consumer, they, would, they probably wouldn't have an understanding of that. Okay, so what it does is it creates little microchannels. And whatever I put on the skin, it could be hyaluronic acid or PRP. It actually drives that deeper into the skin. Um, And that regenerates collagen production. It's basically telling your body that there's some damage and it's sending, um, you know, like fibroblasts and everything up to repair that damage, which causes collagen production. That's the anti-aging part of it. And is that like a machine that just does this little microneedling? Yes. It almost looks like a pen. And on the end of the pen, there's usually the one I have has 12 needles that go up and down on the skin. Um, I, you know, and you run it over the entire face. So you're numbed pretty well. You don't feel much. And does, is there like, can you see it? Can you see the, the, the marks on it after you have that treatment? There's some swelling and some redness. Okay. It usually takes 24 to 48 hours to go away. All right. Not so bad. Not so bad then. And then I like the idea that I've had some photo facials done before because definitely growing up in Arizona, sun damage, uh, you know, is is a factor there and of course now I have a boat in the Caribbean so I'm constantly in the sun and try to be very protective and 
find ways to be preventative, but you know, some of the damage is done. So I'm going to be visiting some of you guys soon. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> okay. All right. So then tell us a little bit, because one of the other things that you're doing here is you're not just providing services for some of your clientele. You're teaching people to be able to also train them on being estheticians. It's, I usually work actually with nurses and doctors that are going into, um, doing the injectables, Botox and fillers, um, and just kind of educating them on the skincare part of it, which involves the lasers and microneedling and just skincare in general. Yeah. Well, Kim is a, she's definitely proof of it. She has beautiful skin. For those of you that are on video, you can see that. But for my listeners that are just on the podcast with us today, you probably can't see how fantastic all these Uh, on my guests look today but uh, Kim's skin is glowing and I know one of the things Kim is that you 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 feel like everybody deserves to have this glowing skin what would you recommend we do as something right now that we could get started doing right now today to have better glowing skin you know daily care is really important and I feel like a lot of people out there don't realize that what you put and use on your skin every single day has a huge impact on how your skin is going to look um, it's kind of like I relate it to like insurance for your skin if I'm doing a treatment on you and you go home and are using something that I have no idea what's in it or over the counter product um, it can actually cause more damage than good and it's so I always stress that using a medical grade skincare is very important. So it doesn't just sit on top of your skin. It's actually getting down into the dermis. Yeah. And what, like, what are those products that you would recommend for somebody to have as part of this regime that they should be doing daily? Something in the morning, I always say something with vitamin C and a good quality vitamin C to fight free radicals and it brightens the skin also. Um, at night I like, uh, retinol and that's good for cell turnover and also brighten the skin. Um, good for fine lines and wrinkles, smoothing everything out. And when would you recommend that people start actually doing this skincare regime? As soon as possible. So young. Young, very young, very young. And sunscreen. If someone were to ask me what's the one thing I should be using every day and just one thing, it would be sunscreen. Yeah, I think I think that's an industry that um, needs a little bit of an overhaul and needs. I mean, I've I've worked with some companies that produce some really great skincare products that are under the sunscreen um, element, but some of them are so greasy. Some of them make you break out. Some of it's like then you can't put makeup on or you can't kind of be in that normal environment with them. So I, I feel like that's an area of opportunity, especially now that we're trying to be reef friendly and we're trying to get rid of some of these ingredients that are bad for the oceans and environment. So hopefully, hopefully they'll, they'll get that. Or maybe you guys will create something that'll be fantastic for that. <laughs> Good. All right. You guys, we're going to take a break here in just a couple of minutes, but I want to ask a question just for all of you. When we come back from the break, we're definitely going to uh, tap into Dr. Cohen here. But I know you're all like, you're dedicated to the profession you're doing, but you know what my listeners really want to know? They want to know what the celebrities are doing to have the fantastic looking figures and skin. Like, what are these things that you could say, you know, do this and this is going to give you this, you know, especially like when you get into that awards time of year, it's like they're all glowing. They're all fantastic looking and they're all doing something. What are they doing? And we'll start with you, 
Oh, oh, Dr. Emer. Well, I'll tell you, every, everybody comes in asking, can I look like JLo? Can I look like Jennifer Aniston? Can I look like Rihanna? Can I look like Beyonce? And I always tell them, look, they're following treatment plans, all of them. Mm. Like the daily care, they're using skincare every day, a retinol at night, a sunscreen in the morning, vitamin C, kojic acid, anything that brightens the skin uh, and protects the skin from sun damage. They're doing skin tightening procedures, meaning once or twice a year, things that heat the skin and tighten it like radio frequency or ultrasound for modular therapy, yeah. just to kind of slow it down. Um, you know, Jennifer Aniston's actually been in the news talking about clear and brilliant and thermage. Those are very light heating treatments. Clear and brilliant's a laser to just exfoliate the skin lightly. You look good in a day or two. Some people do it a day or two before the red carpet events. They're doing facials twice a month. Sometimes they're not even a little more with antioxidants infusions at the same time. They're doing little micro droplets of filler to give an enhancement. You know, everyone talks about Bella Hadid's cheeks and uh, Sandra Bullock's jawline, um, lips. Obviously, now the fillers have changed to be very subtle and natural versus very plump and overdone. Yeah. Um, and Botox obviously prevented it for movement lines to get brow lifting and help the neck bands. So it's, it's a mixture of things. I always tell people it's skin texture, color, and tone. That's your peels, your facials, and your skincare. It's skin tightening to prevent laxity. That could be energy treatments. That could be mm -hmm. threads. That could be mini lifts. There's a new procedure called face tight that goes under the skin and heats it. I cannot tell you how many women and men that want contouring of their jawline but don't want a facelift or a neck lift. Yeah. So doing face tight. I'm ready. Filler, yeah, <laughs> and, and they get, wait for a lift or for face tight? You can come in face tight anytime you want. Because it's a weekend of downtime. It's so yeah, minimal. Yeah, I can do that. I could do a weekend and, and of downtime. People love it and they think, you know, yes, it's only maybe a two or three year improvement compared to a lift, which would be 10 or 20, but it looks good. And then we're talking about the movement lines, which is the Botox, and then um, deciding on true surgery or not. Um, you know, the, a lot of the women, I, when I started working with Dr. Cohen, I couldn't believe these lifts that he was doing with some fat grafting. And within a weekend, they're, they're like walking like nothing happened. Mm. Scars are so precise under the skin, and he's using their own fat to give volume rather than an implant so it doesn't disrupt things Ooh. as much. I can't he, wait to hear more about that. Yeah, he can talk about that combination because yeah. a lot of women are wanting things like that. The big body thing that people are doing now is sculpture injections, which builds collagen over time for cellulite and for shaping of their buttock. And then they're doing radiofrequency treatments. There's a lot of energy devices, Forma, Contura. I mean, a lot of that, yeah. yeah. I mean, you see videos all the time. They're doing this consistently a few times a month. And then internally, that face tight, there's a body tight. And that actually in the right hands gives amazing improvement in the lateral thighs, the inner thigh, the arms. So award season comes two months before people are doing body tight or Renuvian J plasma under their arms to get tightening or things like true sculpting, cool sculpting, which are non-surgical. And you can go right back to the gym. So it's literally so many combinations. That was way too many choices. <laughs> I know, but... But if I agree, they're probably doing them all. And, you know, I'll ask you guys these questions, but we're going to have to take a quick break here real fast. But when we come back, I'll ask you the same questions, and, um, and then we'll talk with Dr. Cohen as well. So stay with us, you guys, good. because we're talking about beauty all from the inside out and from head to toe today. Stay <laughs> with us. Exactly.
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions, to profits, to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. Hi, Bonnie Bonadeo here. Would you date your brand? Yes, no, maybe. Maybe you're not even sure what a brand is. You know, like so many companies out there, they have a great product and they don't understand the ultimate brand connection. There's confusion between marketing, sales, branding, clarity of message and establishing a laser focused target on who your ultimate client is. So let me ask you these three questions. Do you know why you exist? Not your product, not your company, you. Do you know why you exist? And then what are you offering? And third, who are you offering it to? And if you can't answer these three questions with complete certainty, then you need to join me in Atlanta, Georgia, September 15th and 16th for Stages Speaking and Branding Course. It's a two-day workshop, two in-depth conversations between speaking and branding, and one fantastic brand message that you'll be able to speak with the ultimate confidence. So if you'd like to join me September 15th and 16th in Atlanta, Georgia for Stages, go to stagesspeakercourse.com. That's stagesspeakercourse.com. You can also find me on Facebook if you go Stages Speaking and Branding Course. See you there. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. That's Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Beauty Inside and Out. You know, my guests today are Kim Clark, Dr. Emmer, and Dr. Cohen, and they're all very, very, very knowledgeable about the type of uh, programs techniques, services, treatments that are going to help you to be beautiful inside and out. And we're talking from external, non-invasive. We're going to go internal here shortly with Dr. Cohen about some of the more evasive type surgeries, but how to be able to not only keep that youthful look, but also to be able to be as healthy as we can for as long as we can. And I think that that is a part of it too. I think a lot of times we look at 
uh, cosmetic surgeries as a vanity type of approach. But today with all the technology, I, I, I know that there's procedures. I know that there's so many different things that we can all try in order to look our best, feel our best, and uh, be our best. So, uh, Kim, before we took a break, I asked the question of what are the celebrities doing? Because, of course, we all want to know. What are you seeing in that actual uh, world of the treatments that you offer that give that celebrity look? I would say probably dermal infusion, um, if it's right before an event. It gives a really good um, deep exfoliation and extracts all the dead skin cells um, off of the skin, and then it infuses with a skin-specific serum that I choose for them um, to plump the skin up. So it gives them a really good glow right away. Mm, I like that. And no downtime on that. They can just kind of look, look their best yeah, right yeah. away. No, they look yeah. great. As soon as they leave, they look amazing. Yeah. Perfect. I love that. Good. You know, I, I, Dr. Cohen, I'm excited to be able to talk with you a little bit today. I know that um, you're both in Arizona and in LA with Dr. Emmer here, and you're, you're focusing on impeccable breast, sur breast surgeries, revisions, um, listen, we're going to go down the path of saggy boobies and too big of boobies and, and how to be able to overcome that because I think that's also not just a vanity surgery. I think that's sometimes like a health uh, concern for some people Absolutely. at that point. Um, and, of course, we know that that's going to make them feel better. But give us a little insight. And Dr. Emmer's done such a good job of uh, giving us some insight already as to what you do. But give us a little insight of the type of patients that you're working with and what they're asking for. So, you know, traditionally I took care of mostly female patients. And since I was doing a lot of breast and body surgery, aesthetic surgery, uh, my patient population tended to be like mid-20s through probably mid-40s on average. A lot of moms who had a lot of uh, pregnancy changes, probably my most common patient that I was seeing who had breasts that either lost their volume or stretched and drooped and they had uh, abdomens that got stretched out from pregnancies. And these are problems that they couldn't fix with diet and exercise. So what would happen is it'd be very discouraging for these patients. They just felt a loss of confidence. Sometimes I had patients who said that they wouldn't let their husbands see them in the nude with the lights on, which is really uh, unfortunate. It would affect what kind of clothes they'd wear, whether they felt comfortable going to the beach. So this became um, not just like a, it definitely people sometimes wear that goes as vanity surgery. It's more of like a lifestyle in terms of like being able to feel confident and happy and enjoy your life. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, you know, obviously how we look and is sort of how we present ourselves to the world. And when people don't feel confident in their appearance, it can affect them in a lot of ways, whether it's intimacy or, or just interaction. So, um, so I used to do a lot of transformations where I'd take people and fix things they couldn't fix on their own. And what that would do is it would set them up for all sorts of other positive benefits. I'd see patients who weren't exercising, who now, now that they felt comfortable having fixed things they couldn't do themselves, now they were going to the gym and really seeing results and being really excited, which was good for their health. Or I'd have patients stop smoking because I won't operate on smokers. And then they would say, oh my God, I feel so much better. And you know, maybe I'd save them some lung cancer down the future, hopefully. Or patients who um, would come in with very sort of subdued personalities uh, who just clearly were very self-conscious and just felt bad about themselves. And I had some patients who literally were almost like a different person. They'd come back and they had this like this glow to them and they were like 
outgoing. It was, it was really like almost, um, even for somebody like me who kind of trained like that, to see this actually happening was really mind-blowing sometimes. Like how big of an impact, these aren't necessarily life-saving surgeries, but they can be life-altering surgeries for a lot of these patients. Mm. And then, you know, for certain patients, like you were saying, if they had um, very large, heavy breasts with back and neck pain and a lot of problems, I could do a breast reduction, make them not only look a lot better, but all these symptoms would go away and they could, again, exercise effectively and they could just walk around throughout the day without feeling that they're constantly pulling weight off their shoulders and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was the kind of stuff I was seeing. And then when I, when I started working with Dr. Emmer, the types of patients I saw started to change a little bit. So I was seeing more male patients that were coming in for these high-def liposuction cases where we would do combination surgeries to create, like, I mean, it was, it was stuff that was, like, next level from what I was used to seeing where people already looked pretty good and were taking them from good to, like, like insane and uh you know like basically men's health models uh at the end of the the surgeries which was mind-blowing to me and then um we're also seeing you know just various uh patients that need combination treatments where they're getting liposuction and, and internal heating by dr emmer then i'm doing the skin resection and tightening and we're doing different body parts and combinations so we're really doing these like massive transformations on some of these patients which really uh, it's very satisfying because it's just stuff that, that you don't see a lot, even presented at the meetings, you don't see kind of these level of, of results. Yeah, oh, I totally get that. And it's, and it does, it is life altering. You know, I mean, when you when you feel better about yourself, you're going to take better care of yourself. I totally get that yes. part where it's like, I just want to look a little better. And then I'm going to be I'm going to take on more of a healthy attitude to maintain and to do that. I think when people kind of get to the point where they let themselves go a little bit, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's hard to get that self-esteem back in there. And you mentioned something which was interesting. You said that, um, that you don't do surgeries on smokers. Right. So, I mean, smoking is, is a very high-risk factor for complications after surgery because yeah. the nicotine in smoke uh, constricts the small blood vessels. The carbon monoxide in smoke binds your hemoglobin and reduces your oxygen carrying capacity. And so both of those things reduce oxygen flow to the tissues, and oxygen is what helps you fight infection and heal wounds. So somebody starts, I had, I almost never have wound healing issues, and I had one patient who literally started smoking the day after a breast reduction, and she had a wound healing problem. And, and you could trace it to it was doing perfectly up until she had that cigarette. So I'm very, very strict with my patients. And mm-hmm. the thing is that for people who are smokers, like, you know, you can tell them, oh, you're going to get lung cancer. It's going to age your skin. It's going to do this and that. Like, okay, well, I'll deal with that when it happens. You don't tell them, you're not having your surgery unless you stop smoking. And I'm going to test your blood to make sure your carbon monoxide levels are where I want them to be so it's safe. And I do this not because I'm trying to be mean. I'm doing this because I want them to heal properly. But once they have that, like, immediate motivation, they will do it. And then once they stop the smoking and they realize I'm looking better, I'm feeling better, then it's like it carries them to the next level of of health. And so I I can't tell you how many people have hopefully stopped smoking. And I think all those people are going to get years added on to their life because of that. So that's kind of like a side benefit. But it's it's really like you can't underestimate how much – physical appearance can be a motivating factor for people to do other things that are going to be in their best interest for their health. So it's nice that we can kind of push them with a, a, a kind of a carrot at the end of the rope kind of thing. I, I love that. I love that you care about them that much to really look at that and that, that honestly, you know, that's, if, if they want to be healthy, that's got to be an, a, a number one area of opportunity, you know, stop smoking, mm-hmm. you'll be healthier. 
Safety is always number one. So I would sooner not do a case than put a patient at undue risk. So there's always anything we do in life, surgery, driving our cars, whatever, there's going to be some inherent risks involved. Uh, but as a surgeon, it's my job to make sure that any controllable risks are controlled. So yeah. that means you know, no smoking, all the other things that need to be done. We do a lot of like, we do the big combination surgeries between me and Dr. Emmer. We have them do hyperbarics. We have them do lymphatic massage, a really like aggressive post-operative care program. Again, it's, it's, Patients sometimes think it might be a hassle or extra expense. It's to make sure that they get the best possible results with the lowest risk of complications. And that's ultimately yeah. our goal. Where is the trend, Dr. Cohen, right now with people wanting breast augmentations, just in fact, larger breasts? Because I know it was a big trend for a while there. Is this still kind of that same trend? And also, you know, where is the safety factor? I know you talked about uh, fat grafting and stuff like that. So can you fill mm -hmm. us in? Because... You know, I just saw something on the news the other day about, you know, these, uh, a recall on the, the breast implant. Yeah, and so thousands of women are, are up against what now? What do I do? So, so basically, so in general, implants are still an extraordinarily well-studied and very safe device. Okay. Um, millions of people, literally tens of millions of women have implants in. Most of them do very well. And, and hundreds of thousands of women every year are getting implants placed. And the reason we put implants is when women need more volume for whatever reason, either just purely aesthetically or they've lost volume and they have loose skin and the only way to create a nice aesthetic shape is by having that extra volume, that's good. Mm -hmm. um, so we have implants as a tool to help us in our the way we make reshape women's breasts. Not everybody needs implants. So I see a lot of patients who come in who already have enough natural breast tissue where I can just lift and reshape what they have or fat grafting, you can borrow fat from areas of the body that you don't need it, and then process, purify it, then re-inject it in the breast to add extra volume, sometimes in combination with lift surgery. So there's a lot of choices that we have, and that's, that's really the key is when you're, when you're working with a very experienced surgeon, they're going to have every tool available to them. They're not going to just, you know, like they say, if the only tool you have is a hammer, the whole world looks like a nail. And I see patients who come in who need a breast reduction, and they'll tell me, well, oh, another surgeon said I need the implants. And I'll say, well, why would they recommend implants when you already have too much of your own tissue. Mm -hmm. So you have to think about the breast surgery is very nuanced. There's so many details. Now, as far as the implants, we're in a little bit of a weird time again um, because of the, the issues with textured implants. That's what you were talking about. And it's sort of a complicated subject. There's a very, very rare type of uh, cancer called ALCL, which stands for anaplastic large cell lymphoma. It's only been seen with textured implants. To put it in perspective, there's been um, less than a thousand cases worldwide out of probably tens of millions of patients with textured implants. So it's extraordinarily rare and a very curable situation, but something we take very, very seriously. And uh, the BioCell, which was the texture uh, on Allergan implants, that had a much higher ALC, even though it was extremely low still, it was a higher rate, um, you know, maybe in the th one in 3,500 to one in 30,000 range compared to maybe more in one of the 70,000 or one to 100,000 and some of these other implant brands. So that particular brand was pulled off the market because of that risk. They're not pulling texture completely off the market and smooth implants have no risk of that, that type of illness. Okay, got it. Yeah, so that helped, that helped I think, so, to, to, to educate mean, our listeners a little bit here. Hopefully, and there's a lot more details. I mean, I could talk about this for an hour but, uh, okay. or more. Um, but, uh, but, you know, with, with implants, again, I think the general trend, not everybody, but 
my, my personal philosophy has always been natural, proportionate, beautiful results. I want something that looks like it fit, could fit on that person. There's, a, there's some leeway, obviously. Some patients want a smaller looking breast. Some people want a fuller looking breast. So I try as best I can to accommodate what patients want. But at the same time, you don't want to exceed what their tissues can handle. And you want something that's not going to look ridiculous, or at least I don't want something that's going to look ridiculous. And there's surgeons, if somebody wants a, a, you know, like two water balloons on the chest, look, there's people out there who will do that. But that's not my, that's not something I want to do to patients because it doesn't hold up well over the years. Um, so in general, though, I was going to say, patients tend to come in wanting a more natural look these days. Um, people don't really want that giant round circle on the chest because it just doesn't look good. Just like Dr. Emmer was saying, people are not coming in as much, thankfully, wanting like the big duck lips and the big overstuffed cheeks. It's just not, it's not a good look. And unfortunately, these exaggerated appearances start to become normalized. And we as surgeons have to do is kind of rein people in and say, this is not what humans are supposed to look like. Let's make you the best looking version of yourself, not like something that doesn't exist in nature. So that, that's always the goal is natural results. That's really what holds up the best. And what I, yeah. I think, I think if somebody is going outside that realm of natural, then they, they might need to be, you know, getting other type of treatments from other type of doctors. <laughs> And not yeah, necessarily. I mean, some, there are certain people who just no one say no. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. No. So between like um, this fat grafting, so you're, mm-hmm. how long is that process taking? So you were talking about, you know, just use some of your own fat to create mm-hmm. some of that filler. Is that like mm-hmm. over time or does that all happen in one surgery? Well, it kind of happens in one surgery, although you can do multiple rounds of fat grafting. But what you do is you do liposuction, and that gets the fat. So obviously, patients for who want to have fat grafting, there's there's a number of criteria that have to be met. So you can't just do it for anybody. Somebody has to have you know pretty decent-sized pockets of fat access where you can harvest it. Um, and then you can put it back in at the same time where you want it. It's not injecting a big pool of fat, kind of like an implant. You're injecting thin threads of fat. Each thin thread of fat that you inject acts like a filler and it gets blood supply from the surrounding tissue that keeps the fat alive. Now, what I always tell patients is it's not as predictable as implants because of the fat that you inject, not all of it is going to stay permanently. Some of it gets reabsorbed by the body, but you're generally hoping for about a 60 to 70% take of whatever you inject staying long-term. But the nice thing about fat grafting is it's like the ultimate filler. It's your own tissues. It's soft. It's natural. And once whatever's kind of there after six months is there permanently. So now you have more fullness where you want it and less fullness where you didn't want it. So it's kind of a win-win situation for people who are good candidates. Surgery. Dr. Cohen, do you do any reconstructive surgery for women that have, might have had to have mastectomies or even um, scarring? From I, I do. I don't do uh, breast cancer reconstruction anymore. I did. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of uh, reconstructive cases uh, during my residency. Um, but uh, just based on how my career played out, I ended up doing more aesthetic surgery. That being said, the um, I do uh, a lot of revision surgery where I'm fixing botched cases and other things that have gone horribly awry. These cases are just as bad, if not more deformed, than some of the patients who've had breast cancer. Thank- thankfully, they don't have to worry about the cancer risks, the chemo, or the radiation. So that's, that's huge. But in terms of the actual tissue damage or the appearance of the chest, I've seen some patients who have horribly damaged um, breasts. So those are basically, uh, they're essentially reconstructive surgeries using a lot of different aesthetic surgery techniques to, to make somebody look from deformed to normal again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, there's you know, a lot of cross breast reconstruction and aesthetic breast surgery because a lot of the techniques do have applications in both areas. Well, and there's such new technology and there's just so much more refinement of what you guys are doing as surgeons 
um, in relationship to the body and everything that it's, it's, it's a good time to be interested in um, looking at some of these techniques and procedures and treatments and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we keep pushing the frontiers, you know, in the old days there were like a few different ways you can do breast reconstruction. Now we have so many different options for patients, nipple sparing techniques, if it's prophylactic mastectomies, for example. So, uh, you know, there's cases now where, where the people look better after, you know, breast cancer reconstruction yeah. than they did before the, the reconstruction in the first place. So it's, it's, um, we're, we're, like I said, the, the, the reconstructive and the aesthetic stuff are starting to, to kind of come together in a lot of ways. And, uh, and both, both areas kind of uh, help each other, each, each other out in terms of pushing the, the limits and trying to create better and better uh, outcomes. Yeah, perfect. What are some recommendations? And any of you guys can answer this. So just, you know, feel free. What are some recommendations that you'd like to share with our listeners? If they, if they want to check into doing something, what are some questions they need to be asking, you know, in order to kind of like, I, I think the consultation part is very intimidating for mm-hmm. most patients to go in and sit down and because it's, it's, you feel very judged. I think, you know, it's like, Oh, well you could use this, you could use that. And I'm saying this only, it may not be how you guys do it at all, but I'm saying it because we see this type of thing happening on TV. So we assume that we're going to go in and that somebody's going to tell us we need, you know, what don't you like about yourself? Like a nip yeah, tuck, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. If you see a good, if you see a good surgeon, you're not going to, you should not get the impression that you're being judged or that they're like looking you over and saying, okay, this is wrong. This is wrong. Let's fix this. Fix that. Like, I think most, most surgeons are at least in my own case, I'll, I'll lead with an open-ended question. Like, you know, what brings you in and I'll hear what bothers them. I'll look at the areas. I'll give them choices as far as what I think I can do to get them the best possible results. If there's other things that are going to affect that surgery that they're not aware of, I'll bring them up in a very gentle way saying, you know, this is going to affect the surgery that you want to have. And if you want an even better, better result, you may want to consider this or that. Um, but it's all done in a very like positive communication way with the, the patient. So they don't feel embarrassed or judged. They feel kind of comfortable. They can ask any questions they possibly have. And they know that I'm going to know every possible surgical option for them. And then mm-hmm. we're going to discuss it and make a decision together as a team not me as a doctor telling them what to do or me as a doctor doing exactly what the patient tells me because they're coming to me for my expertise to make sure that, that if they have an unrealistic idea or they want something that doesn't, isn't going to give them a long-term good result, I'm going to be honest and tell them that's not the best way to do it, you know, because that's really, that's part of that communication process. I, I think that, I think that's really important. So at this point, they're coming in, you're asking them enough questions to be able to get an idea of what they want and you're helping them with, what downtime is going to look like, what, you know, what... By the time the patient walks into surgery with me, they should really have no significant questions. They should be, be very well informed. I do a lot of educating all over the world. I teach other surgeons how to do surgeries. I teach them how to do these different techniques. I also teach them how to manage patients' expectations and communicate with patients. These are all extremely important facets of what... Yeah to success so communication is the key so when you say to a patient you know how do you how do you kind of start this process i mean obviously the website is going to be the the first thing you want to see that the the doctor is certified in the 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 board certified in the area that they're going to be operating on uh with you Uh, you want to make sure that they have uh excellent training you want to see lots of before and after photos so you can because we're talking earlier about oh uh you know patient comes in they trust us yeah they trust us but it's not like blind trust they've they've seen hundreds and hundreds of before and after photos of mine and Dr. Emmer's where they know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, they also can, uh, they have a chance to meet with you and make sure that the personalities are a good ma- match because it's a relationship you're forming. It's a medical relationship. Yeah. 
you don't like, you know, the old days of like, oh, I hate that surgeon, but he's really good. You don't need to do that anymore. You should, you should not only, um, <laughs> you don't have to be best friends, but you should, you should be able to feel comfortable with your surgeon and feel like not only are they highly skilled, but they're also somebody that I can talk to. Because I always tell patients, you, you really find out a surgeon's personality, not when everything goes smoothly, but if you have any kind of complications. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're the kind of guy that, that's not going to answer your phone or are they going to be all over it and bringing in and making sure that you get the best results possible despite having a complication because the best surgeons in the world occasionally are going to have problems that happen and you need to be able to handle those problems and fix them in a way that makes a patient feel comfortable and cared for. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah. All about, it's all about really good communication. And, the, and I was talking to a patient the other day. I've been doing his fillers for a long time. He's very famous. So you, you, don't, you can't have anything that goes wrong. But, you know, one or two times there was a little spot here or there. I mean, anyone can get mad. Anyone call that. I mean, all it was was a phone call to me. Let's bring you in. Let's fix it. Fix it. Let's smoothen it out. We've been paid, he's been my patient for five years. He's like, the reason I love going to you is I have this great relationship with you. If I'm not happy about something, we fix it, we tweak it, we make it right, I move on. It's about me being with you long term. And that's the thing is, you know, patients, the initial step is coming in. And I think now people want to know their doctor and know the person before they even get there. And so he talked about the main things. The other part we didn't bring up was social media. Mm -hmm. A lot of reasons, the reasons I do a lot of live videos, which very few doctors do, I believe Um, they're starting to, but they're not as much is because it really shows everything you're doing intricately. You can't make a mistake or you really shouldn't when you're doing a live video, you're very focused, you're showing, you're educating, Um, We're doing immediate before and afters when we do fillers. We're showing the person's satisfaction right away. People see how we communicate as we do it, how my nurse rubs the person's shoulder while they're getting the injection, the ice packs, every component of the full procedure. I had a young guy who came uh, yesterday in our clinic who had never had anything done before, but for two months he was saving up to get facial sculpting. You know, he's a bodybuilder, very lean in the face. He did fillers and everything. And it was all because he watched every facial sculpting video I had, every live video, and my relationship with the patients. It wasn't even the result. That's, it goes beyond the before and after. Now it's looking yeah. at how does he communicate when he's treating somebody in surgery? How is he talking when he sees the person after the surgery? Like we do a live video a week after a person's in surgery showing the result. How are we talking to the person? Mm, that's, so I think that's helpful. I think that's really helpful for clients and patients to be able to say, this is what I can somewhat expect in my own situation. And plus they're getting to know you as a doctor. The the relationship is being established online. So, you know, with that, and Kim, I think that that's really important for you because even though you're doing kind of the, you know, the the non-invasive maintenance and the relationship you have with those patients and those clients that are coming in is critical because otherwise – once you stop, you're not going to continue to have the results that people are looking for. Yeah. And I think it's important to get to know the client, like what they do for work, what they eat, do they drink, what amount of water do they drink, alcohol consumption, smoking. Um, like I said, like where they grew up, all of that plays into um, the health of their skin. Yeah, absolutely. Good. So I think social media is a big part of building the relationship and having the trust kind of right on the forefront of people wanting to then do procedures with you guys. So give us your, um, give us your social media handle so we can wrap up our show today and let people find you, watch you, 
and then potentially look at opportunities to be able to have you be their doctors and their uh, high-level uh, estheticians. Do you want to start? Um, uh, sure. Um, on Instagram, it's Kim Clark Skin, or email it's kimclarkskin at gmail.com. Perfect. And your, your actual facilities are in Oregon. So for those people that are local to that marketplace, go visit Kim for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Good. And Dr. Cohen? So despite it just saying doctor over there, which is obviously a technical glitch, uh, my name is Robert Cohen. So my uh, Instagram is at Robert Cohen MD. So R-O-B-E-R-T-C-O-H-E-N-M-D. And my website is www.drrobertcohen.com. So D-R-R-O-B-E-R-T-C-O-H-E-N.com. So between those two, people can get full access to my offices and, and uh, Instagram. Perfect. Great. Thank you for being on. And uh, Dr. Emmer? So my Instagram handle is Jason Emmer MD, J-S-O-N-E-R-E-M-E-R-M-D. Um, and our website is jasonemmermd.com. But our new website, Emmerage Medical, which is our group of doctors, um, is going to be coming out very soon. Emmeragecosmetics.com is going to be coming out very soon with our skincare lines. Nice. Uh, and then our Instagrams before and afters, Dr. Cohen's and mine, will be coming out very soon. So stay tuned. For those, the biggest thing, though, I think in trend in social media is actually YouTube. We do a lot of lives and we post a lot of those Snapchats actually to our YouTube. So my YouTube handle is Jason MRMD. We're seeing a very big spike from Instagram to YouTube. So I think that that's where a lot of people are going. The website is almost like your brochure now, mm -hmm. but the YouTube is like the relationship developer and the Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like the pre-consultation for you guys. Well, thank you. You've been very knowledgeable, very informative. I always feel more comfortable after having these conversations with my guests because I want my listeners to feel comfortable feeling beautiful from the inside out, of course, and to not have that fear of, of saying, hey, I want to check into this. And there's so many new procedures out there and new technology that's available that uh, I think there's I think there's, a, there's probably a service or a treatment for everybody to feel their best and look their best. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Thank you me. bet. Thanks, you guys, so much. Uh, you know, join us next week, everybody, because we're going to continue this conversation. We're still going down the path of talking about skincare and healthcare and all of that and how the beauty from the inside is very, very important to look our best on the outside. And I know that our guest today, Kim, mentioned that a little bit. But what you eat what you drink, all of that plays a factor in having nice glowing skin for the long term. So stay with us for our show next week. And then as we go into fall, we're going to be talking a little bit more about wellness and um, how to be able to live your best life. So continue to keep joining us here every Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Network, as well as our channels on iTunes and Spotify and other uh uh, channels as well. Uh, thanks for being with us today as always. Thank you my guests. Appreciate all you guys being here today and remember to always be you in beauty. Thank you for listening to Beauty Inside and Out. Please join your host Bonnie Bonadeo again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.